Arizona, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader, Burns and Gambo, the 4 o'clock reset, brought to you by Collins Comfort, AC and Plumbing, proud home services partner of the Arizona Cardinals, 4 o'clock reset. And away we go with the top stories of the day, as always, put together by Mitch Vereldis and Eric Ruby. This is the 4 o'clock reset here on the Burns and Gambo show. We start with the Suns. For the first time in a long time, they have a clean injury report tonight when they host the Denver Nuggets. The same cannot be said about the current number one seed in the Western Conference. Nikola Jokic, right calf tightness. Jamal Murray, knee injury management. Michael Porter Jr., heel injury management. And Contavious Caldwell-Pope illness are all questionable to play. We have not heard anything definitive out of the Nuggets as to whether any of those big four are going to play for Denver tonight. Yeah, it makes a big difference, right? I mean, for sure. And, you know, with the with the game, uh, you know, Jokic didn't play last night. Uh, they got clobbered by the Pelicans. You don't know how they're viewing this game. Do they view this game as we got to go all out and try to win it and hold off Memphis? Or do they look at it like, you know, what we played last night, we're not going to go all out against the Suns, and we certainly don't want to show them anything. So it'll be interesting to see how they play it tonight. Yeah, I'm reading a tweet now from Harrison Wind. He covers the Nuggets for DNVR Sports, and he tweeted out just a moment ago, about an hour ago, I should say, that the Nuggets starting five in Phoenix tonight could be, he's not saying it will be, he's saying it could be, Bruce Brown, Christian Braun, Vladko Kenkar, Aaron Gordon, and Thomas Bryant. That that could be your starting five for the Denver Thomas Nuggets. Thomas Bryant tonight. started last night for them. He's been terrible since they got him. That was their move. That was the, the Nuggets move. They got Thomas Bryant. They got a backup center. He has not been good. Yeah, So and like you mentioned, they got clobbered last night against the Pelicans. They did not shoot well at all. Maybe they're just holding their guys back because they don't want to show the Suns anything, as you suggest. Anyway, tip-off is at 7.30. You can hear it on the Arizona Sports app and right here on 98.7. And, of course, it's game two for Kevin Durant in front of the home crowds. We have two other games for you tonight on the Arizona Sports app. It's a busy night around here. Diamondbacks look to lock up their first win of the season. They lost to the Dodgers last night by a score of 8-2. to two. Zach Gallen did not look like Zach Gallen in that game. Started off very well, but even he talked about the pitch clock and how it kind of rushed them a little bit in yeah. situations that he's just not really used to being rushed in. Yeah, yeah, the first four innings I thought were really good. Then he got into some trouble, and obviously they got behind. The bullpen came in, didn't do a good job. And, yeah, you're throwing a lot more pitches in a shorter amount of time when you have a longer inning. Tori Lavello was on with us earlier. He thought that the inning that preceded that was the problem because the Diamondbacks were real quick. I think they only faced nine pitches, and then Gallon was back out there on the mound, didn't get a lot of time to rest and recover. Starting pitcher tonight is Merrill Kelly. The lineup tonight looks very different than it did last night. Josh Rojas leading off. Ketel Marte, Lords Guriel, Christian Walker, Corbin Carroll hitting fifth, Gabriel Moreno hitting sixth, Jake McCarthy seventh, Alec Thomas eighth, Geraldo Perdomo ninth. All right, get some you know normalcy back in the lineup after last night's crazy lineup. And then completing the local trifecta, the Coyotes are back at Mullet Arena tonight. They're hosting the Dallas Stars. That's a puck drop of 7.30. You'll hear that one on the Arizona Sports app. We have a Clayton Keller tracker as his chase for the single season points record continues. He's on track to tie or surpass Keith Kachuk's single-season points record of 86 from 96-97. I believe that's a Phoenix Coyotes, Arizona Coyotes record, not a Winnipeg Jets record. Okay. Okay. But since they've moved here, that is the most points in a season. It is interesting because when you look at, if you look at Kachuk, it does say that he had more points in a season. Yeah, but it's from Winnipeg. Yeah, I'm talking about from the Phoenix. Yeah, and I thought that 
that was, um, and I thought that was from from the Coyotes days. But okay, so from the Phoenix Coyotes days, that would be Kachuk's record. Okay. I believe so. Yes. Okay. Around the NBA, Timberwolves center Rudy Gobert and head coach Chris Finch were both fine. There you go. Criticizing the referees after they lost to the Suns on Wednesday. The harsher news for Minnesota: Naz Reed out indefinitely with a broken wrist after Huge. his failed dunk attempt. Huge. Huge for them to have Naz Reed out. It's good. And we saw we saw when he did it, right? I mean, he he kind of got fouled, but his, you could see his wrist kind of hit the basket. They stayed in the game, and he hit the free throws. Um, but obviously, he broke it, and he's going to be out for a while, and that's a big blow to them because he's a big part of what they do. Yep, we mentioned the NBA last night. There were two results to pass along to. The Pelicans crushed the Nuggets 107-88, a game in which Denver could not shoot. Nikola Jokic didn't play, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the other big one last night, the Celtics obliterated Milwaukee 140 to 99 prompting some conversation around the association as to whether Boston even though they're the two seed in the east if they have Milwaukee's number right they've had a lot of success against Milwaukee this year well they've got they had great games last night from Tatum and Brown those two guys played out of their mind and Milwaukee did not play well but Tatum and Brown were excellent last night and they just ran away with that thing so you know they they're still in the they're still in it for the number 1 seed I think they're two games back, so they would still, you know, they'd probably need to win out and hope that, you know, Milwaukee loses a couple games. But that's the second largest home to defeat in franchise history for Milwaukee. Yeah, Tatum had 40, Brown had 30. Western matchups tonight to keep an eye on, and there are a couple of biggies tonight. Fifth seeded Clippers are at the second seeded Memphis Grizzlies. I think Kawhi is going to play. I think. Okay. He didn't play the last time, and the Clippers beat Memphis handily. It's a rematch. Match, same two teams, same building as a couple of nights ago. Clippers right now one game back in the loss column from the Suns in the West. I'm just really looking at will either will anybody pass the Suns for fourth, and then Golden State, Minnesota, the Clippers. Who's going to be your opponent at five? We don't know. It may not be determined until the final game of the season. Another big game in the play-in tournament potentially. The ninth seeded Lakers taking on the eighth seeded Minnesota Timberwolves tonight. The Lakers that Chris Mannix said is going to win the whole thing. That would be the same. those the Lakers. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, if they can get on a little bit of a roll, some people may believe in the Lakers. I don't. Um, right now they're in a they're a play-in tournament, but there's still time left. If they, if they can you know if they can win these games, their, their remaining games, they might be able to get themselves out of the play-in tournament. Also tonight, tenth seeded Oklahoma City is at Indiana. The Spurs are at six seeded Golden State. So those are a couple to keep an eye on as well. This news coming in from ESPN. Discussions on lowering the minimum age to enter the NBA draft are no longer a part of the league's labor talks with the Players Association, which means the one-and-done era that we've been in for a while. It appears it could continue for the foreseeable future. A lot of people thought that that was going to end. It might not now. I don't know how I feel about that, to be honest with you. I like the, you know, the college game, but these kids, they go for one year and they're out. There's no real ties. You see so many kids come and it's just one year. You don't have a really, you know, you're in school for four months. And yeah. then you, when you, once you know you're going to go to maybe draft, you stop going to school. I know how I feel about it. One and done era should be done. I think it should be over. I think we come should. Come out of high school? Uh, you come out of high school. Amari Stoudemire was the Suns yep. draft pick out of high school. Come out of high school. And if, if you go to college, hopefully you're going there for a little bit. And if you feel like you want to go to the NBA, go to the NBA. I, I just think that system was better than this one we currently have. I, okay. I liked the way I it used to I think I lean towards your feeling on that. Yeah. I was kind of happy that the kids were going to go to college, but it's not really working out that well. Final four this weekend, both for the men and the women, starting with the men tomorrow. Ninth-seeded Florida 
Atlantic versus fifth-seeded San Diego State. Then fifth-seeded Miami takes on fourth-seeded UConn. I was reading a story about San Diego State and just talking about how devastating the cancellation of the 2020 NCAA tournament was for them because they thought they had a team that could win it all. They were 30-2. and two. They were projected to be a number two seed before it got canceled because of COVID. So they still got about five guys left from that team that are trying to make amends for a team that they felt back then could win it all. Yeah, it's expected to be maybe one of the lowest TV-rated Final Fours ever because there's just, you know, not a lot of chalk there. It's it's a four, two fives, and a nine. That's a very unusual Final Four. Um, I'm intrigued just because I think this tournament has been magical so far, and I wouldn't put it past these four teams to do something magical tomorrow. I don't know what. I don't know what that looks like, but this tournament has delivered the goods so far. It, it does. really it has. Does. You'll, you've mentioned that the ratings are probably not going to be that good because there's no blue bloods in this for the next couple of games. So I do think I am curious to see what those ratings will be. I mean, I'll watch the games. You'll watch the games. And, you know, with excitement. Because, you know, hopefully, I think UConn's the best team. But, man, it'd be nice to see if somebody else won it because UConn is considered a blue blood. I, I suspect the Miami-UConn game is basically the national championship. I could be wrong. I suspect it's the national championship. That the winner of that will win on Monday night. Could be wrong, but that's San, my I guess. I think San Diego State will win. You think so? Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, and then the, the women's... Think, not the whole thing. Oh, you just mean against Florida Atlantic. I think UConn okay. against San Diego State. Okay, I got gotcha. you. And then the women's final four. Caitlin Clark and number two Iowa versus undefeated number one South Carolina. That's the later game. Number three LSU and top seed Virginia Tech just getting started as we speak. Right in front of us right now, as a matter of fact. I have a lot to say. I don't know anything about it. So I know Caitlin Clark <laughs> is fantastic. I know that. I, I know she's been I know UConn phenomenal. got knocked out a lot earlier than they usually do. Yeah, and I know South Carolina is all that and a bag of chips. Oh, look, too, Diana Taurasi's doing commentary. Yeah, they're doing like a, like oh, the Bird Taurasi show. Look yeah, where they're, okay, they're like providing that. commentary on it. It's very cool, very cool. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, he likely will not play tonight, but the Suns are well aware of the challenge of playing defense against the two-time, and is it soon to be three-time MVP of the NBA? That's coming up. Burns and Gambo. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons. Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. Suns run to the playoffs coverage. Brought to you by Canvas Annuity. Score up to 6.25% on your retirement savings. Once again, thanks for hanging out with us here on this Friday afternoon. We are live from Footprint Center, home of the Phoenix Suns. Tonight, they're taking on the Nuggets. Our coverage today is brought to you by FanDuel. And we'll be here right up until 6 o'clock, a little bit later of a start tonight, 7.30. And so we'll only be with you till 6 o'clock. No bonus burns in Gambo is what I'm trying to say. For a game that I think at the beginning of the week, especially knowing KD was going to return, there was a great, great sense of anticipation for this game because it was truly going to be, okay, go test yourselves against the two-time MVP, maybe three-time MVP in Nikola Jokic. Go test yourself against the great defense of Aaron Gordon, a guy who could have been an all-star, Jamal Murray, et cetera, et cetera, Michael Porter Jr., good scorer. Um, I don't know how much of that we're going to get tonight. We're still waiting to get more kind of final answers on who's going to play, who's not going to play for Denver Gambo, it sounds like. Potentially, a lot of their guys could miss tonight's game, and for what reason? is known yeah. only to Michael Malone. We're not sure, but that that could be something we're dealing with tonight. Yeah, listen, it would be nice. To, it, it would be nice to have an idea 
in some of these final games. You want to look at the Suns, get a gauge. The first three games they played with Kevin Durant, Char- Charlotte, Chicago, and Dallas, they were not playing good teams. Uh, and when they played Minnesota, they was a good gauge. Durant didn't play well, but Minnesota's a, like a, they, they battled. They're a good team. They've, uh, they've surprised a lot of people. So this game against the Nuggets, I mean, if the Nuggets were full strength, it would be a nice gauge for them. I don't think for the Nuggets, and they are only a couple of games ahead of Memphis, but I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if for them, they're like, look, first of all, if we just played last night, we're not going to run our guys into the ground just to prove that we can beat the Phoenix Suns. And then secondly, like, I probably don't want to show them very much if I'm Denver. Like, the next time that they play them in a game that matters, they would rather it be in their building with their fans. And so they may take their foot off the gas in this game tonight and not play some guys. We'll see. I don't know for sure. What's interesting is that the, these two teams are slated to play each other again, again right? In, in, in just, Denver, in right? Just a few, I, is it in Denver? That's a, I, that's a great question. I don't know. I'm going to look real quick. I thought that one was in Denver. You might be right. But I, even then, I, I, I don't know for maybe, sure. Maybe, right, maybe the Nuggets don't care that much about that game either. If they have if they have the, no, the ones. It is both of them. It's here, here huh? Yeah, it's here. Yeah, it's here Thursday night. Interesting. Thursday night. It's here, too. So we'll really get a gauge on if the Nuggets are indeed trying to hide some stuff from the Suns if we don't see any of their guys play on that game too. On Thursday as well. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's crazy that we are this Sunday. One week from this Sunday, the regular season's done. I would, it's over. If I'm a player and, and my my coach is doing that, I would quit. Like, do you not believe we could beat them? Like, do you not think we could beat them? Like, what are we afraid of? Yeah, I like. I, I would think if you're a competitor at the highest level, your your ego's a little bruised from that one. Like, no, like come on, dude, roll it out. Too. Let's go. Yeah, let's play. We haven't played. We haven't played them yet with KD. Let's play them. Let's see what we got. Yeah, like we're the number one seed in the West. We're not afraid of anybody. Because you could make an argument that. It looks like the Nuggets are ducking the Suns a little bit, right? Like you might be able to. You might, if you're looking but for motivation, you might be able to play that card. If the you next game to. for sure. They did play last night. Yeah, of course. And a lot of teams are not. I'm not going to risk, I, I, risk I, my guys playing back to back. Right. And if I if I'm the Nuggets, second night of a back to back, I'm not going to get. You know, I, I can see the forest for the trees, right? Yeah, I, I I've got the postseason that starts in a couple of weeks, and I, it's not. I still have a three game lead in the West. I'm still the number one seed. You do have to kind to manage these things a little bit so your guys are healthy. And I, I, again, I do, please do not misinterpret me if you're listening to the show. I'm not saying the Nuggets are ducking the Suns. I'm just saying you could spin it as motivation if you wanted to. I, there might be some very legitimate reasons for just saving your guys for the postseason for not playing them. Either way, it's anticipated that at some point, if the Suns stay in the 4-5 matchup and the Nuggets stay at number 1, this is your second round matchup, right? Suns-Nuggets, which means Nikola Jokic and De- Defending him, and Monty Williams talked about him yesterday. You're asking me, <laughs> two-time MVP, nobody's figured it out. I just think it's a lot of things, his mindset, his skill set, how people play around him. If you don't guard the guys around him, he's so selfless that he'll make you pay with the pass. But he has the skill set to shoot on every level, and he's big, and he's mobile, and can use both hands. There's not anything in his game that he can't do, so he's a lot like the elite guys in the league. He's just seven foot eight, you know. He's just big. You're just trying your best to limit some of that stuff, but nobody's figured that out yet. If I remember correctly, two years ago, the year the Suns played him, they went all in and made the trade for Aaron Gordon, and then right after that, Murray got hurt, was out for the rest of the year. Sounds about right. So I don't think they played together, Murray and Gordon. 
now they've got, you know, Gordon is a, is a good defensive player. Now, you could say, the, you know, Denver overall is not, but the Gordon could guard. He's a pretty good defensive player. And so I, and then Jamal Murray is a very, very good offensive player. This is a much different Denver team than the one the Suns played in the playoffs two years ago. They are better. I can think, I think you might be able to make the argument the Suns are better with Kevin Durant, but this is a better team. I don't think that either team would have the ability to sweep the other team. No. This would be a, this would be a, I'd be very surprised at that because I think Denver's much more of a challenge now than they were two years ago. Yeah, and, and to your point about the defense, um, Kellen, our own Kellen Olsen wrote a story about the Nuggets today, and he pointed out that their defense since the first of the year is actually top 10 in the NBA um, in terms of their defensive rating. They, they've played defense at a much higher level. Um, Kentavious Caldwell-Pope is a good defender. Aaron Gordon is an elite defender. He's very good. Jamal Murray's capable. Nikola Jokic is capable. I, I, I tend to think that Denver is just more inclined to be a team that you're going to get in a shootout with. And, and, and that's a really broad stroke there because they do have good individual defenders. It feels like that matchup would be more predicated on your ability to just outscore the other team. And I really like the Suns in a matchup like that as opposed to a team that really is going to grind on you and make it hard for you to score. I just don't know if that's the Nuggets as a whole. But but they're better than – let's put it this way. They're better than I thought they were defensively overall as a team. They've been better. And so from that regard, it's going to be a challenge. I mean, they've got – we keep talking about every team in the playoffs, who's your best four guys. Denver's top four guys are really good. They're really, really good. I don't know if they're as good as the Suns, but if you're going to say first best, second best, third best, fourth best, the Nuggets are right up there in terms of their top four, So I think. Jokic, Jamal, Gordon, and Michael Porter? I would guess. Unless, Mitch, there's somebody we're missing in the no, top four for top the Nuggets, four. but that's that's it's it. That's the top four. That's their four guys. They're good. I mean, they're good. Yoke, the, the one thing Jokic has is the ability to get guys in foul trouble, and that's why D.A. was in foul trouble the other day. He had four fouls. That's, that's the one thing. I, you know, could could they go to him enough in a playoff series where he could wear, you know, get guys in foul trouble, wear him down because, you know, he's such a dominant player. But having Murray makes that offense a lot better. Defensively, you know, they can guard. I'm surprised at that. I'm actually surprised at how how their defensive efficiency rating is not that high because they do have guys that can defend. Well, like I said, it's, it's been much better since the first of the year. Right. Since January 1st, it's been much right. better. Uh, we know at least one person with the Nuggets is coming to Denver. Is he going to suit up tonight? Vic Lombardi from Altitude Sports, our old friend, joins us to talk a little Nuggets basketball next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo, afternoons. Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. Suns run to the playoffs coverage. Brought to you by Canvas Annuity. Score up to 6.25% on your retirement savings. All right, welcome back. It is the Burns and Gambo Show here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader, Suns and the Nuggets tonight. And to help us preview this matchup tonight and what could very well be a preview of a second-round playoff matchup between these two teams, we've called upon an old colleague. Years ago, we all used to work in this market together. It's going to be good to catch up with Vic Lombardi from Altitude Sports in town with the Nuggets right now. It's been a long time, Vic. How you doing? It is a pleasure. I'm doing great. It's good to be back in the Valley. The weather is perfect, just like I left it. And tonight, we have yet to see if we'll have a full lineup from the Denver Nuggets. I know we're going to get to it uh, momentarily, but, you know, you're right. I cannot wait 
for this matchup in the playoffs. Because I think these two teams are destined to meet somewhere. I just don't think you're going to get the full throttle matchup that we all anticipate tonight. Vic, it's Gambo. Remind me, when did you when did you leave the Valley? Uh, I left here in 1998. So I was here for the Barkley experience. I was here for that era. And I left shortly after the Diamondbacks arrived, and I've been in Denver ever since, which is my hometown. But uh, it's been a while. I I miss Phoenix greatly. It's grown so much. Um, I I go north now, and the city never ends. I I really appreciate the fact that you guys added loops to this town, like actual highway loops, something that Denver lacks. So... Uh, there's a lot of things I love about this place that I miss greatly. All right, let's let, let let's talk about the these two teams. When the Suns played Denver in the playoffs two years ago, you guys obviously the Nuggets weren't at full strength. No Jamal Murray and the Suns punked them pretty good. How much different is this team now? They went out and got Aaron Gordon that year, but him and Murray didn't play together because Murray got injured. Um, it's a completely different team, only because if they get rolling, this is the number one rated offense that starting five in the league, and it all starts and ends with Nikola Jokic, and that is the fear I have and a lot of Nuggets fans have. If if Nikola Jokic isn't on the floor, as we saw last night in their loss to New Orleans, if he is not there, it's a completely different basketball team. And I wonder if the fact that he's so, they're so reliant on him, he's so damn good, which is great for his MVP case, we all know that, but not so great for the Title chase. If you're going to win a title in this sport, you better have some secondary and tertiary players who can make do if you're not all there. And so far, I'm not sure if that team's achieved that. We have yet to see it. Did they miss the boat? You know, they got Thomas Bryant at the deadline. He's kind of been a disaster, and he started last night, but he hasn't been what they thought he would be as a backup setter. Did they, you think they missed the boat at the deadline? Should they have been more active in the trade market or maybe even in the buyout market? Well, I, I thought, to be honest with you, and there were a lot of people in Denver that thought they did exactly what they should have. They found a backup big who could score, which is what they needed. You know, the backup big, big they had is DeAndre Jordan, who's not a scorer. So they go out and get Thomas, Thomas uh, uh, James, who, who could score a little bit, and he, or Thomas Bryant, I should say. But he has not been even close to what we saw when he played for the Lakers. Not even close. And I don't know if it's... I have a theory on that. I think the Nuggets are so used to playing a certain style when Joker's in the game that when he leaves the game, they continue to try that style, but that doesn't work with a Thomas Bryant. You know, that's a pick-and-roll guy. you got to post him up and give him the ball in the paint. Uh, the antithesis of Nikola Jokic, essentially. So I, I don't know why that hasn't worked. But I don't think anybody bemoaned the fact that the Nuggets didn't do enough to trade that line. I think they did plenty. I thought Reggie Jackson was the perfect uh, buyout guy. He's a veteran of the playoffs. He's been deep in the playoffs. And, you know, of late, he hasn't played either. So neither has it well for the Nuggets. Yeah. Vic Lombardi from Altitude Sports, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo Show, in town with the Denver Nuggets. Nuggets and the Suns coming up tonight at uh, 7.30 here from Footprint Center. The guy I really want to ask you about is is Jamal Murray, and, and I'll, I'll cop to it. I haven't watched as much Nuggets basketball as I would have liked. How would you describe Murray's post-surgical season up until this point, Vic? In a word, inconsistent. Um, he is capable of catching fire. And if there's one player, you look historically, the one player who has done very well against the Phoenix Suns, who essentially owns the Suns, I think his overall record against Phoenix is 17-3 and when he plays in these games. It's Jamal Murray. 
He's done really well against Phoenix for some reason. He loves playing against Devin Booker, fellow Kentucky guy. And when you get that version of Jamal Murray, the guy who's just not intimidated by anyone or anything and then shoots freely and plays freely, this team is a championship contender. If they get a passive Jamal Murray who doesn't want to take that shot for whatever reason, then it's a completely different outfit. Just curious, your impression, the team's impression, the day the Suns got Kevin Durant, what was like one of the first things that went through your mind when that happened as it relates to the Nuggets and their place in the West? I immediately hated Suns and four guy, and I wanted to find him and fight him. That's exactly what it's in my True True story, I got a buddy of mine who's in the mortgage business, and he sent me a letter, and I actually posted it online. He sent uh, a nicely worded email to your owner, to the Suns owner, who, of course, owns one of the biggest mortgage companies in the world. And he said, listen, I'm a huge Passion Nuggets fan, and for you to go out and sign Kevin Durant, I can no longer do business with your mortgage company. Consider <laughs> wow. this my resignation. And it's That's hilarious great. because your owner, your owner actually emailed him back. I got the email. It was hilarious. You know, a little tongue-in-cheek stuff back and forth, but that's exactly how Denver felt, like a stab to the heart, because the Nuggets, there were seven and a half games in first place. They were coasting in the Western Conference. I mean, we're planning parades. And then the Suns pulled that move, and everybody's like, uh-oh, we got a speed bump, bigger than a speed bump. We all know in Denver what Phoenix is with Kevin Durant. You don't need to tell us. That is an imposing team right now. Is it the most imposing team for the Nuggets? If we look at the Suns, you know, we talk about the Clippers can match up well, maybe Golden State. I don't know that here locally, even though they're the number one seed, that there's a fear of the Denver Nuggets. If you're looking at the Nuggets and saying the matchup that they don't want, is it the Suns? Is that the team they, they would probably fear the most? And the Lakers. I think you fear uh, historically what's giving you trouble in the postseason. The Lakers have given the Nuggets trouble, um, especially this year. They, they lost to them twice, their size, the, you know, the whistle that seems to go their way in the big games. Uh, those are the two teams that the Nuggets would fear most. And then the Golden State's always going to be a, a team to be reckoned with in the postseason. After that, uh, I think the Nuggets can pretty much handle any other squad because one thing Phoenix has, the one thing Phoenix has that other teams, most teams do not, is they got one guy who can who can guard Joker one-on-one. Now, DeAndre Ayton is not going to stop Nicole Jokic. Nobody can. But he can at least guard him one-on-one where you don't have to utilize a secondary person. And that's where the Nuggets eat you up. Once you start doubling this guy, it's over. The rest of the team will go fire. And, and that's what the Suns have. They have a singular dude that can handle them. Vic Lombardi joining us here on the Burns and Gamble Show. I know you've got a team bus to catch, so we'll, we'll, we'll let you go on this one. From your knowledge and what you've been able to find out, we're obviously all looking forward to a potential matchup later in the playoffs. Do you know who is and who isn't going to play tonight? Do you have a suspicion on who is and who isn't going to play tonight? Well, last night Michael Malone told us point blank. He says it was unlikely that that Jamal Murray plays tonight. So I would not expect Jamal Murray to play. And if Jamal doesn't play, I don't see why you would play some of the other starters. So if if I were to guess, I think this is going to be one of those, well, let's see what we can do with the guys we have type of game. You know, um, they've got a three-game lead against Memphis with the tiebreaker, six games to go. I think they're fully confident that if they just chill today in a back-to-back, 
they still have plenty of time to hold on to that lead. And, you know, I, these teams at this juncture of the year, guys, every team seems to be jockeying for position, seeding, and you don't know really what they're thinking behind closed doors. What do the Nuggets really want? Do they want the top seed? Do they want the two? I don't know what they want right now. I can tell you this. They've never won the Western Conference. That would be a first. So if they hold on to this, there's something to be said for that. All right, I'm going to switch it for you before we let you go. Vance Joseph, now the defensive coordinator. He was there before as the head coach. And then Zach Allen, he was one of the Cardinals' best young players. And and Denver was able to sign him. Give me your thoughts on, on what Denver did with those two guys. Uh, I ran into uh, Vance at a Nuggets game, ironically, a couple weeks ago. He was there with the uh, Broncos coaching staff, and he's pumped. He's excited to be here uh, second time around. Not as the head coach, obviously, so it's a completely different responsibility for him. I think it's a good staff, and I think he'll work well with um, Sean Payton. But it was so funny because I've never heard a head coach say, well, we really wanted Vic Fangio, and they made a run at Fangio, and it didn't work out. So his second option was Vance Joseph, and he pretty much put it out there. He didn't mince words on that, but I think uh, Vance is going to do fine in his return to Denver. It's a bit of an awkward uh, setting, uh, but I think people will get over that. As for Zach, I, I, I think it's, it's clear that they needed help in that department after losing Draymond Jones to free agency. So uh, they value his game, and, and they think he's the same type of player. I think this defense is fine. The defense has never been the problem here. they got to get Russell Wilson going, guys, because if they don't, it's going to be a long year again. Yeah, no doubt. Vic, we appreciate the time and the insights. Good to hear your voice. Good to catch up. And uh, let's, let's do it again come playoff time if it's the Suns and the Nuggets, all right? Well, if you guys are at the game tonight, come say hi to me. I miss you guys. All right. Uh, you got it, we'll Vic. We'll do, Vic. Vic Lombardi joining us here at the Burns and Gambo Show from Altitude Sports. Uh, and it literally just came down moments ago in a uh, screenshot that Mitch just sent me from the NBA okay. updating tonight. Contavious Caldwell-Pope out. Nikola Jokic out. Jamal Murray out. Michael Porter Jr. out. None of them are playing. Kiki Bandaway? <laughs> Is Kiki Bandaway walking through that door? Is Dan Issel walking through that door? Antonio McDyess? I was going to say Antonio McDyess. Not enough room is, for Fat Lever either. Is Fat Lever walking through that door for Maria ASU standout? Yeah. Sun Devil? Boy. All right. Jeez, so nobody's playing. The word has come down. Yeah. Nobody playing for the Nuggets today. That's too bad. That's that's too bad. Wow. Right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean it's. But I, I get you're either all in or you're all out. I think at yeah. this point, like if I'm not going to play Murray, what? Just forget. Everybody's going to rest. And Vic makes a good point. Uh, six games to go, three game lead. You've got the tiebreaker over Memphis. So you basically have a four game lead over Memphis. Six play. Yeah. All right. Uh, fine. Risk versus reward. You weigh it. You make the best decision, and you live to fight another day. It's just we get deprived of that. Now, Matt Ishbia can just come out in a chicken outfit. <laughs> Tonight, if Matt Ishbia could just walk out on the court in a chicken outfit, uh, well, we got something funny. there. The Phoenix Rising season kicks off tomorrow against San Diego Loyal SC. We're giving you the chance to win tickets. Head to the contest page at ArizonaSports.com for details and your chance to win. You want to go to I a Phoenix want to go Rising, to a Rising game? game. Yeah. I've never been to one before. I want to go. I've never been to one either. I, it, it's, I hear they're a lot of fun. Is there perhaps a sneaky pick for the Suns' fifth man when the playoffs come around? We'll tell you about that next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo, afternoons. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Suns run to the playoffs coverage. Brought to you by Canvas Annuity. Score up to 6.25% on your retirement savings. 
Let's send it back to the auction community studios. Eric Ruby is standing by. He's got an update on our Twitter poll question of the day here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo need to know Twitter poll update presented by Sanderson Ford. So now is is Monday the day, Ruby, that it won't be a Twitter poll question anymore? It'll just be a Twitter question. We lose I, our blue check marks tomorrow. Right? Yeah, I, I think we're getting close. I don't know the exact day for sure, but we are starting to roll out some open-ended questions just to get our feet in the water before we fully transition. So we do have one of those about the D-backs. If you want to go to at Burns and Gambo, let us know what you thought about yesterday's game. But our poll question, while we still have one, is in a hypothetical 4-5 matchup in the playoffs, who would you least want the Suns to face? The Clippers, the Warriors, the Lakers, and then in a combined option, the Timberwolves slash Pelicans. I was thinking maybe we'll do, the question should be, where should we now have the Sanderson Ford Instagram question? <laughs> or the Sanderson Ford Facebook just question? Move it to a different platform, or the perhaps. Sanderson Ford. Yeah, MySpace just, question. <laughs> yeah, the TikTok question. Uh, can you do polls on TikTok? I don't even know. Well, I'll say, I don't know if you can do TikTok for much longer either. Uh, that's, that's a good point. For, for people who don't know what we're talking about, um, apparently, of course... The blue check thing on Twitter is happening this weekend. If you don't know, like, Gambo's got the blue check. I've got the blue check. We're losing it because unless we're willing to pay for it, um, which I'm not going to. Are I'm you? Give, not giving uh, him my 150 yeah, bob. I, 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 I don't care that much about the damn thing. I, I'm, I'm good without it, too. Yeah. But apparently you can't vote in Twitter polls unless you have the blue check, unless you've paid for the blue check. So now our Twitter why, like, Why does, like, Larry in, like, um, Tolleson, why does he get a blue check? Because he paid for one. What does it mean? It just means Larry, who's got 45 it, followers, has a blue it, check. It just mark. means that he gets more of a premium Twitter experience than the rest of us because he's paying Elon to do it. And we're not. Okay. That's basically what it is. I mean, it's no skin off my nose. I just, it's, it's, but the poll question yeah. goes bye bye. I answer, like Elon. I'm just not giving him my money for his blue check mark. To answer your question, uh, put me down for the Golden State Warriors, please. Me too. Yes. That's what I said. What's the survey say on this one? This one is a just big time blowout. Warriors are the most feared out of all of these teams significantly by 61% of our audience voting for them. In second place at 16.2% is the Clippers. And then tied is Lakers, Timberwolves, and Pelicans all at 11%. Although I do tell you, and I was joking with Gamba before the show, that when I when we lose our blue checks this weekend, I will lose my superpowers when it comes to my 22-year-old daughter. Because for years, she thought that was the coolest that was the thing in the world. Out, huh? You just had a blue check you, mark. You have, you're verified on Twitter. Her friends thought, you're verified on Twitter. And now when I lose that blue check, I'm just going to... She's going to buy it for you for your birthday. <laughs> I spend a lot more time on my Instagram than I do on. I love Instagram. I spend a lot more time on that than I do on Twitter. That's, yeah, it's, it's, that's really, it's no big loss at all. It's fine. Well, I mean, like, what's really not that big of a deal? But I do laugh because I told my daughter I'm losing my blue check this weekend. She's like, "What?" She was she was all sick for me. It's like it's okay. It's fine. But I'm just going to be Clark Kent to her now. Just going to be a we're just a normal guy. Just a normal guy. Just yeah, a normal no guy. blue check. No more super dad. <laughs> uh, all right, that's the whole question. Thanks. We appreciate that, Eric. You can find it on the Burns and Gambo. Twitter page. Um, lots of little NBA stuff to talk about that we haven't had a chance to talk yeah, about let's yet. Let's head uh, where do you, you want to start with Lucas, Steve Kerr, or what Zach Kerr said about Let's start Give with Kerr. Steve Kerr. Kerr. All right. Yeah. Steve Kerr on the Tim Kawakami pod on the Athletic website. This is not the last dance for the Golden State Warriors. This is not the last dance. That was made, you know, made 
clear uh, in Chicago that that was going to be it. You know, Phil was done and, you know, everybody's contracts were up. That was going to be it. That's not the case here at all. I know that Joe would love to keep this thing going. He's been incredible in in his financial commitment to keep this team strong and relevant for a decade. And he's always committed to that. I think there's a, a really good possibility that we keep things going here. Yeah, so not Donna Summer's last dance for Steve Carr. Um, yeah, as long as Steph's able to play at that level and, and, and Clay's bounced back really well from the injury, uh, Wiggins is a big part of what they do. They, they've got money to burn. They've, they've, they've made trades. Like, yeah, I think that I think it's very possible that they're going to hang around for a few more years as a contender. Uh, he was also asked about Andrew Wiggins. We're to the point now where there's, there's only five games left. We're just taking things as they come. And I know we've all talked publicly about we're just giving Andrew the space he needs to deal deal with something that's incredibly uh, serious and, and difficult and that's really the only thing that matters. You know, the door's open for him if and when he's ready and if not, that's fine too. But him alluding to the five games that are left, he's almost kind of suggesting that he can't just, help us if he doesn't just come back. might not be enough time for Andrew Wiggins to come back and be an impactful player with as much time as he's missed. Now, it depends on how deep the Warriors go, of course, but he's he, there are no answers on Andrew Wiggins and no real timeline on when he might be back. Personal reasons, and he said, like, it's okay if he doesn't come back. I would say this, like, if Andrew Wiggins comes back, I think that they're a legitimate contender. If he doesn't, I, I mean, they're still dangerous, but I think that really hurts them because he's such a dynamic player. I, I don't... Well, I don't want to say I don't know if they can go all the way without him. I, it's the it's Golden State Warriors. It's the three. Steph it's Curry. Draymond. It's right. It's, but Iguodala's out, so that's a valuable role guy for them. Pool, you know, Pool's got to be a big, uh, big player for them. I mean, I, get, I guess they still could, but man, Wiggins just makes them a, a lot, a lot better. Zach Lowe this morning on ESPN.com uh, in his Ten Things column, Ten Things about the NBA. TJ Warren was number seven on his Ten Things, and while he did write a little bit about Paul and how Paul has to let it fly in this off. Offense, talking about Chris Paul, obviously. He did write that Warren, T.J. Warren, looms as a fifth guy possibility with the Suns' big four, who combines size, shooting, isolation scoring in a pinch, that he's been better the last few games, and maybe he is ultimately best suited to be the fifth guy on the wow. floor with wow. the other four starters. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's interesting. Um he could score. He's been working a lot better, the harder defensively. I, I just, I love a code, a Kogi, and what what he brings to the table defensively. Um, so I would go with Josh right now and bring TJ and Ross off the bench. Um, if something happened to one of your starters and you needed a scorer, then TJ makes sense. But with Booker and Paul and Aiton and and KD, I, I'm I'm nothing against TJ Warren. I mean, I'm looking for a defensive guy. Yeah, I. I tend to agree. Um, and I, well, I do think that having a shooter on the floor, that guy is going to get looks. Lots and lots and lots of looks if he's out there with those four guys. And that maybe you'd be advantageous to have a shooter. I get that argument. I do want somebody who can be their best at replicating what Mikel can do. And while he's not a perfect replication of that, I think Josh Okoge can do some of the things Mikel could do so well. And I'd like to see him try that. Yeah. And then real quick, because um, we're, we're almost out of time here for this segment, but... 
story you sent me today listing possible trade destinations for Luka Doncic. People starting to think that this thing could fall apart. Yeah, top top landing spots for Doncic if the Mavericks trade him this offseason. They mentioned Oklahoma City, Utah, the New York Knicks, and whatever team lands the number one pick because you might be able to trade it. That was a Bleacher Report story just trying to get ahead of the curve on where could Luka go if they decide to trade him. Mm, I wonder if it's going to get to that. Join me and the Arizona Sports Promo team tomorrow from 10 a.m. to noon. We'll be at the new Fulton Homes community, Barney Farms in Queen Creek. We're going to be hosting a two seconds is too long drowning prevention event, giving you the chance to win. Diamondbacks tickets plus live CPR demonstrations from not only the YMCA, but also the Queen Creek Fire Department. We really look forward to seeing you out there. Drowning is 100% preventable. Please come out and learn how to keep kids safe around water. When we come back, we're excited. Diamondbacks baseball is back. Do we have any overreactions after one loss in one game? That's coming up on the Burns and Gambo Show.